Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us here this morning. I'm Micah. This is Sarah. We're the lead pastors at the Vine Church in Pasco, Washington, and we are so honored to get to spend this time with you uh, virtually online this morning. Absolutely. Curious if you've ever experienced a time when you realized you were speaking super confidently about something that you really had no clue about. This experience happened to me. As preachers. <laughs> we do this all the time. <laughs> no, we have a lot of clues, but there's still a lot to be discovered as yes, well. Yes, absolutely. Well, this experience happened to me just a couple nights ago. Um, we had put the kids to bed and Micah and I decided we we're going to watch a show. And so we turned on one of these survivalist shows where they take a small group of people and they drop them off in the middle of nowhere. In this case, it was the, the Arctic. And um, in this scenario, in this show, they had to survive for a month with nothing but the clothes on their backs and one animal that had that had been provided for them. And so um, they didn't go with any tools, nothing, just their clothes and this one animal. And so uh, I found myself as we were watching, I was talking to the TV. Do, do you do this? You talk to the people on TV? No, you're having such a dynamic conversation. <laughs> I never have time. <laughs> whatever. I was talking partially to Micah, but mostly to the people on the television, telling them what they should and shouldn't mm -hmm. do and how they should go about surviving in this very harsh environment. And then all of a sudden I had this moment of clarity. <laughs> it was like this out-of-body experience where I see myself. Here I am sitting in my very comfortable home. We just made homemade pizza, so I'm, I'm feeling full. I have food in my belly. I'm warm because I'm curled up under a blanket. And here I am in, in my warm, comfortable home telling these people out in the Arctic how they should survive. I mean, look, come on, let's be serious. I had no clue what I was talking about. But sometimes we find ourselves in that position, just feeling overly confident in our abilities or in our knowledge. And today we're going to talk about something very different. Today we're going to talk about humility. Yeah, so for some time we've been in a series on the mission of God, and then most recently we're studying Ephesians. And we realized we, we kept using this term, the way of Jesus, like walking in the way of yeah. Jesus. Uh, we've used uh, kingdom terms, you know, the kingdom of God is near and these sorts of things. And so we wanted to take some time to dig in and explore. So what is the way of Jesus? And so we're going to explore in conjunction both his teaching and the ways he lived out and demonstrated uh, these things his way. And so today we're going to start off in Matthew 5. In Matthew 5, um, we, we have the Sermon on the Mount. And this was a sermon that Jesus preached. And in the beginning of Matthew 5, beginning of this sermon, he speaks the Beatitudes. And these are a series of statements that he starts off by saying, blessed are. And then he describes people. Um, blessed are. And sometimes that word blessed or for whatever reason we say blessed, I don't know. <laughs> um, that's how I grew up hearing it. But blessed are, sometimes we translate that as happy or, but that doesn't really, that doesn't really give the full meaning of it. It's more like fortunate are the people in these situations because of what God is doing because of God's response to them. So it could be thought of as fortunate or congratulations to these people because of what God is doing because of God's grace. And so we're going to look at two of these Beatitudes today in Matthew 5 verse 3. 
The first one we're, we're going to look at uh, goes like this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, fortunate are the poor in spirit, or congratulations to the poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of God. So what does this phrase mean, poor in spirit? It means that we are dependent on God, that we don't have in and of ourselves all that it takes. So we recognize our need for God. We have confidence in what God is doing. It really does portray this posture of humility, humility before God. We are poor in spirit. We are dependent on God. Yeah. Similarly, he'll go on to say in that same uh, series of blessings, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. They will inherit the earth, the meek. Now he might be, there's uh, meekness is not like a cultural, I just want to be more of that, right? That wasn't your goal growing up when people no. asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? You're like, oh, I just I, I was meek enough. Meek. <laughs> if anything, it was projecting a little more confidence that I needed. But Jesus says, no, there's blessing in your meekness. Congratulations where you are meek. Now, uh, well, that wasn't a uh, cultural norm and, uh, and goal in the first century, I think today we find ourselves in a similar place. Um, but I think a statement is fascinating. Blessed are the meek. He might be referencing Psalm 37. In, in Psalm 37, the author is um, kind of navigating what does it look like to both understand and to operate in spite of the evil around us. And so he's saying things like uh, trust in the Lord and do good. Um, take delight in the Lord in spite of all of this. And then he says in Psalm 37, um, verse 10, uh, a little while and the wicked will be no more. Um, though you look for them, they will not be found, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. So for many, many years, uh, decades, centuries, Israel has been contemplating these words but the meek will inherit the earth. And Jesus comes on the scene and he says a similar thing. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Mm -hmm. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see, this kingdom of heaven operates very differently than the kingdoms of the world. Dispersed amongst the kingdom of the world uh, and yet very operating very differently. In Luke 14, Jesus says, uh, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. He describes this backwards kingdom where humility and meekness are of high, high value. Wow. So blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and they shall inherit the earth. And so there's this idea of humility and meekness that is part of the kingdom of God. And though it was foreign to some of even Jesus's closest disciples, this was something that Jesus talked a lot about. And this was something that Jesus demonstrated. In Matthew 18, we read of a time where Jesus talked about humility. Yeah. The disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him, and he placed the child among them. Then he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position, the, the, the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name 
welcomes me. Jesus was so creative in the way he taught lessons. I love the picture in this story. The disciples come to Jesus and they're asking who will be the greatest. This is what was on their mind. This was their what was important to them. This worldview of of seeking power and prestige and status. And you're like, okay, so you're coming to establish your kingdom. Who amongst us will be the greatest. And of course, in this moment, they're picturing an earthly kingdom. Like we will exactly. reestablish Israel back from Rome and Jesus, you will sit on the throne. And they're like, who's going to sit at your right hand? Who's going to be the most important? And they're really excited yeah. about this. Like they want this position of power, this position of prestige. And Jesus responds very differently to them than what I think they would have expected. As, wow. as they're trying to vie for this position, Jesus is like, no, this, this is not not what it's about. In fact, in Mark 10, um, Jesus describes the power structures of the day and he describes the rulers using their power and lording it over Mm -hmm. people or exercising their authority over people. And Jesus begins to describe a kingdom that is very different than what they had known, a kingdom where the greatest amongst them would be the servant. In fact, Jesus speaks of himself as a servant, saying, I have come to serve. I have come to to give my life for a ransom for many. And so he illustrates for them this reversal with a child who in Israelite culture had very little standing, was paid very little little attention to as far as social structures in the first century. And he, he takes his child and he says, if you want to be a part of my kingdom, you need to look more like this. Maybe you need to think more like this, right? He takes a child and he says, you've got to be more humble, more meek, more gentle in that you will be living into my kingdom. Yes. And I mean, what a, what a contrast to what the disciples were picturing as what it meant to be a part of this kingdom and to be the person in power. I'm going to sit at your right hand and I'm going to rule our army or something like that. And he takes a child and he says, nope, this is what it looks like. It looks like being humble Mm. and dependent. And he goes a step further and he says um, at the end of that section that, that we read, when you welcome this child, you're welcoming me. Mm. And that is a really powerful statement that, that God views how we treat each other as how we're actually treating God. You know, in Matthew, later on in Matthew, in chapter 20, um, in the parable of the sheep and the goats, Jesus says this, truly, I tell you, whatever you did to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Mm-hmm. And so in this conversation about humility and gentleness and meekness and dependence on God, Jesus here gives us a very practical way to practice humility. And that is through hospitality, through the way in which we engage each other, in which we welcome the other. Yeah. With that meekness, that, that's how we practice humility. Mm. Okay. So Jesus talks a big talk and I've had friends who, (laughs) man, they can spout every bit of information and tell you all about it and win every argument. Uh, And then you're like, yeah, but so what? Now, the fascinating thing to me about Jesus and what we want to do in the next few weeks as we explore these concepts is to parallel the way he demonstrated the Mm -hmm. things that he taught. 
Like he lived the life that he's talking about in this totally. moment. So Mark chapter 10 is a great example of Jesus uh, living into mm-hmm. and demonstrating the the humility and the love and the concern that, that we're talking about. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. Hmm. Have you ever found yourself in the scenario of the families or the children being rebuked and pushed away in this moment? Uh, Have you ever had one of those experiences where you just felt put off, unjustly Hmm. pushed away or harmed for, for no good reason? And it tends for me to affect the rest of my day or maybe even beyond. Recently, I had gone outside uh, to load something in my car before going to work and we have um, a puppy. Uh, Her name's Izzy. She's a Spanish water dog. She's got tons of energy. She's way too smart for her own good. (laughs) And we're trying to, you know, be smart enough. A little bit stubborn. (laughs) Yeah, she's got a strong will. At any rate, wonderful puppy. But, I open the door to walk out and she comes charging out, you know, around and past me and I, and I couldn't stop her. And so I holler at her, Izzy, get back here. And uh, there's a guy walking by as she runs out into our front yard and she goes up and she sniffs him and I call her and she didn't listen to me immediately. She always does uh, soon, but you know, she's got that will. She wants to stay a minute. And as the guy walked away past our driveway, he says, you should keep that dog on a leash. Like, there was nothing controlled about the situation. It's like, why would you confront that with such just like aggression and grossness? And it, it lingered. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to, I had to intentionally remove myself from that place and that frustration mm-hmm. to get on with my day. And so some of us have experiences where we feel put off, where we feel mm-hmm. injured or harmed in some way. Like, someone's rebuked us or someone's pushed us away. And if I'm honest, I think some of us carry a continual weight of mm-hmm. feeling the other, a feeling pushed away or outside or rebuked by society or Christian community. Um, Mm-hmm. And and this is a this is a hard place to be. I can only imagine being those families or those children in that place. And here's the beautiful thing, both about Jesus' teaching and what he did in this moment as people are rebuking and pushing children and families away. Jesus gets down and he holds the child up at eye level. And he demonstrates and he teaches about what this kingdom values and the innocence, humility, the beauty of a child. He says, society may not see you or hold you in real high esteem, but in my kingdom, this is different. And so a child is lifted up in the arms of Jesus. And what a beautiful picture to the disciples and to the crowd there that this is what the kingdom of God is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. That this is, we learn a lot about Jesus and what his kingdom looks like. Jesus lifts up the lowly. Jesus lifts up the humble humility and he gets right down there with them. You know, he, it's not like he's way up here and looks down on people. Jesus gets right there with the humble and the lowly and together lifts 
them up. I love how in this story, Jesus stops what he was doing. He stops the teaching. Of course, he, he actually continues the teaching if you look at it carefully, but he stops what he was doing. He takes that interruption as an opportunity. Yes. And he says, come, come and let me show you what it looks like to be humble and gentle. Let me take these little ones that that society didn't deem important and let me honor them. Let me care for them. Let me pray for them. And it was a very stark and clear message to the disciples. Hey, this is what my kingdom is about. Because what he's trying to do in every opportunity, both in his teaching and his actions, is reshape the minds, the thought mm. processes, the vision of his followers. Understand his kingdom in, in his context. He's saying, understand my kingdom looks very different than what you've known. So recalibrate the way you look at and understand the world that you might engage in the things of my kingdom. And I can only imagine today uh, what, what this challenge might look like in our lives, how it might play out if Jesus were here, both speaking and demonstrating, which he has done for us. So we read his word and we dig into it saying, how do you want to reshape my vision? For the things happening around me in my community, in my culture. God, how do you want me to see things and people differently? Who are the unseen people around us, in our neighborhoods, in our community? That Jesus is like, would you get down on your knee and would you wrap your arms around them? Because this is my desire. This is the way my kingdom operates. Yeah, the kingdom of God with Jesus as king. And I think as we understand more who Jesus is and his characteristics will understand better what this kingdom, his kingdom looks like and is supposed to look like. Jesus is a humble and gentle king. Mm -hmm. Jesus is a caring king that came to serve and care for others, to give his life for others. So mm -hmm. in the kingdom of Jesus, in Jesus's kingdom, the kingdom in which Jesus is king, it's not about vying for positions of power and having power over. Rather, it's all about being humble and in humility, lifting each other up and honoring each other and taking care of each other. And so I love, I love your question. In our lives today, in the people we're connected with, um, in our circles, um, in our community, who are the people that we are called to in humility engage and lift up? Yeah, and this has an individual and a communal mm -hmm. application to it as we explore. So what does the words of Jesus call us to? What do the actions of Jesus enlighten uh, within us? And, and so we ask ourselves, yeah, on an individual level, what does it look like for me to see and care for people more intentionally, to live a life of humility, caring for the needs of others, but also communally? Mm -hmm. We ask this question of what does it look like to take care of the needs of others, to see people and to engage them, uh, and specifically as a church community, to care for those that are less seen in our community? What does it look like to engage as a hands and feet of Jesus in our neighborhoods and our community? Yeah, so we want to invite all of us this week to, to really be intentional about asking that question. In our relationship with others, what does humility 
look like? In our relationship with other, others, what does it look like to really focus on serving and caring for each others? Um, I think one thing, and, and you've mentioned it, one thing is to see people mm-hmm. because there are people in our circles or people maybe, maybe a little bit outside of our circles that we don't know personally yet, but there are people who often go unseen. We live in isolated little pockets, let's be honest. So I think, yeah, the the application especially is going to relate to broadening our vision Mm -hmm. to recognize and see people that don't fit into the the niche or the neighborhood or whatever we are most familiar with. Right. And we also live lives that are very scheduled, Mm -hmm. lives that are very planned out. And we see here in Jesus' example, when the families and the children came to him, he could have interpreted that as an interruption. And instead, Jesus welcomed them and welcomed them as as a beautiful opportunity to show God's love and and in humility to lift them up. And so I think we're invited to do the same, to see people and also to create space in our lives to engage people when we have that opportunity to not view others as an interruption, but rather an opportunity to serve and to care for and to lift up. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I think there's also an application in Jesus' words and his example here that applies to our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And that has to do with us placing ourselves intentionally in the position of the child right? That we would be humble, that we would be looking up to him, that we would be receiving, accepting his embrace in this moment, that we, like the families and children in this story, would be approaching him, ready for him to be Jesus, rather than taking everything on as though we are in control of the things around us. So there's there's an application here that has to do with our humility and our posture and relationship to God. Uh, It invites us to pay attention, to be reliant upon and to learn from God. And I can't help but think of Ephesians, that what we just finished as dearly loved children. There you go. In that we receive God's love. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Let's, Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you for these words. We thank you for Jesus' example of humility and love, how he cared for the marginalized, the people who were often unseen, Lord, how he lifted them up and honored them and cared for them and prayed for them. And so, God, we just pray that this week you would provide opportunity for us and, Lord, that you would help us to see Um, those opportunities and to recognize them as they come up, Lord, that we would be your people, would be your church in our lives by being humble and gentle and caring for others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for exploring both the teaching and the example of Jesus in our lives. And so we set out on a new week, uh, ready to engage in humility and in love, seeing people in new ways. Friends, we we hope that you have a blessed week, and we can't wait to see you again. Bye, Bye. everyone.